welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and previous. It's really, really good to be with you again. And, you know, we have a very special guest today that I'm very excited to have. And I know we'll be having a fabulous conversation and it'll be super, super interesting and exciting because guess what? We're doing this as a podcast. Well, you might be watching the video version of it, but this is also, by the way, being done for a podcast. And we have our guest who is Christine McAllister, and she is a podcast guest expert. So we're going to be talking about podcasting. That's so cool. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. You're so, so welcome. And I will have you just jump right in and tell us more about who you are and what you do. Hmm. Yeah. So I have kind of combined the last two decades that I've spent in media um, and my my passion and love for coaching and teaching um, and marketing to become um, somebody who helps people really authentically and powerfully show up as a guest on other people's podcasts and use that to form relationships and um, network and also attract the right clients from it. Nice, nice. You know, most of the people who will be listening or watching this uh, will be familiar with podcasts. Um, but just in case there's someone uh, who's watching, let's say, and uh, is not so familiar with podcasting yet, um, what is a podcast technically? Um, Yeah, so I guess the best way to describe it is like a long form uh, recording that you can access anywhere that you have internet, right? So it's like a long radio conversation, but in depth, but then applied to the internet. Now that's most podcasts and that's probably not a great definition, but there are a lot of podcasts that follow different formats because there are now 3 million podcasts. So there are audio, um, uh, audio, um, interviews or productions or solo conversations, uh, that you can access via the internet. That is so cool. And I know like podcasting has really been growing in an amazing way. I remember when I first started podcasting, it was back in, my gosh, uh, uh, I don't even remember, maybe like 2016 or 2017. 
and just in that period of time i've seen like a huge explosion in the number of shows and just a variety of of podcasts and like you said even the formats like when podcasts first started they were pretty much all audio but now we have video podcasts mixed in and stuff um so i mean i guess any insight on why podcasting is exploding so much like what's so awesome about it well i think there's a really low barrier to entry it can be it's pretty inexpensive to produce your own show um if you have internet access uh and also i think that especially over the last couple of years with so many of us in lockdown really it provided a way of connecting and so there's been almost a 50% increase just in less than a year wow. in the number of podcasts from almost 2 to almost 3 million like in less than a year so you know it's it's becoming a a massive legitimate business it's at least a billion dollar industry now yeah and right growing very rapidly and i think it's you know it's, it's because it's very accessible um for the listener and it's very uh easy for a host to create create and share their message with the world yeah you know i that's the part that i love the most as a podcaster because like when i was thinking about well what kind of a platform do i want to sort of really make my own in terms of how like you know i wanted to basically engage in what i call education based marketing so you know to have some kind of platform where i can put out educational content on a regular basis and be able to point to that when someone wants to get to know me better and get to you know yeah just learn more about who i am what i do uh, what i can offer how i can help stuff like that and so i was like looking at the different options and um the first thought was youtube but i was like you know between youtube and podcasting um i was like oh i don't have to be on video on podcast mm. i think i'll mm-hmm. go for that mhm mhm um I, and i was not so much like i was just more concerned about the video aspect because i was like and i have to think about how i'm looking and i have to think about my background and i just wasn't very um you know confident that i could manage all mm-hmm. that yeah for so sure like, it's a whole another layer yeah right and so i was like you know audio only sounds sounds like it'll make things simpler and and once i actually got into it i actually signed up with a coach um to teach me about podcasting and thankfully he made it super simple and there were already existing several pro- platforms where you know you could sign up to start um your podcast and the platform would host it for you and they were already like making it pretty easy and now mm-hmm. it's even easier mhm 
So, yeah, it's so good. Cool. Yeah. And so, so you specialize in helping people be guests on other people's podcasts. What's yeah. that all about? Why is that important? Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Yeah. So in my experience, it's much easier to be a guest on other people's shows and and really show up in a way that helps create one of the best episodes that they've ever had than it is to start your own podcast. I have my own podcast too, but I went on over a hundred other people's podcasts before I started my own because I realized that it was like starting a whole other business mm. to, to create this thing from the ground up, starting with zero, right? So I love to interview and I love to be interviewed both. And I just believe it is a really good way, not only to get your message out there, but also to, if you want to have your own podcast, to learn from other people who are already doing it. And if you, that if you already have your own podcast, it is the number one way to grow your podcast. Mm. So regardless of whether or not you have a podcast, you should be podcast guesting in my opinion, if you like having real conversations with people and if, you, if you're going to do guesting anyway, why not just start with just guesting before you add that whole other layer of complexity of having your own show? That's very interesting. That's very interesting. I ended up doing things opposite. My first podcast that I started, the one we're doing right now is my second show. The first one that I started, um, I had never done guesting at all. I just jumped right in to start my own. And with that one, I didn't do any interviews. I was just talking, Mm -hmm. sharing what I had to share myself. And like, that was something that my coach had guided me to do at that point in time as the fastest way to just get going. And that made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm And then when I started this current show, Make Change Fun and Easy, what I found, and I did it, and I did when I was starting this show, I had an intention of inviting other guests to come on this show. I actually found it really helpful to have had 
had the experience already of having done my first show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even in terms of inviting guests, I was, you know, able to say, hey, you know, so I've already done this one show and build up a follower ship and a subscriber just based on that and so i mean i don't know it just made me feel like it gave me a little bit more credibility mm, um mm-hmm. that way um, but that's interesting so what when you didn't have your own show and you were podcast guesting on other people's shows how were you leveraging Oh, like what was the strategy that you were going in with in terms of using that as a strategy to help you grow your business? Mm-hmm. So certainly like connections, right? With the hosts and then also um, going on podcasts where I felt like my people might be hanging out, right? Um. In one way or another. And then having a way to move them off of the episode by giving them something that they wanted and needed. Um, And just talking really openly about who I was and who I wasn't, right? So it was very, very clear, like people could self-identify really, right? Whether whether I was for them or not. Yeah. Okay, so so go on other people's shows. It's a great way to raise awareness about who you are and what you do make sure you have some kind of something that you're offering to your listeners so that they can connect with you outside of outside of that um did you encounter any obstacles as you were going through this process of podcast guesting yeah it to be honest with you it's very time consuming to do it right Um, And now that I have like a kind of an internal agency that does this, we know hours and hours are spent on pitch and plus more hours in finding shows. Plus you don't get to choose who says yes to you, who doesn't. Um, When podcasts uh, get aired that you've recorded, there's so much about doing this that is out of your control. And you have to make your peace with that, right? If you're a control freak, which I would say I'm a recovering control freak, then it's going to be a challenge for you, you know, Um, because you're going to be very attached to what you think it should look like. So I'd say that that's really important where I see a lot of people giving up is like, they don't want to invest the time or they don't feel like they have the time to do it right. So they either don't pitch enough to start seeing results they give up or they give up too soon, right? Or they just decide they're going to send the same pitch to everybody and they spray and pray it and that doesn't work. That is a very interesting point. That is a very interesting point that you can't just send the same pitch to everyone because with podcasts, I mean we have a specific topic we have a specific audience that we're catering to so i can see how you just send the same thing to everyone that you want whose shows you want to be on they'll be like i don't think you're a great fit for me right exactly Hmm. yeah like if i was a 
if I was just in this for like a cash grab, right? Like you wouldn't have invited me to be on your show, but we connected because we're both change makers and that's who yeah. you serve. Right. That's right. That's so, right. so. Yeah. And not only are we both serving change makers, but also like I wanted to make sure that we'd be a good fit in the way that we serve change makers and the, the way we talk about it and so forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, there's potentially a lot of, of a lot of pre-work that you have to do before you get to be podcast hosting any tips on how to make that work easier more fun yeah so i mean i think for me it's always really fun when i find a host that i genuinely feel a connection to and like as a person because then creating a customized pitch is really just the bridge. Like it's just communicating here, here is why this would be a lot of fun to have this conversation, right? And, and so when, if you like pod, if you like listening to podcasts, then it's not like you might have to find extra time to find podcasts to listen to. Like you might have ones that are your favorites already that could be potential, right? And you get to listen to an episode and learn something while you decide if it's someone that you want to send a pitch to. So I think it's more about kind of going, this gets to be fun because I get to learn and I get to use this to find, you know, more, more people who are like my tribe. And then it creating a pitch is just that simple connection between, between the two of you. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so to, as a way of finding appropriate shows, you just sort of listen um, to various shows. You see what you like and then see where you can serve their audience and also do it in a way that's obviously win-win for, for you both. Um, Okay, that makes a yep. lot of sense to me. A- any anything else about like you can share in terms of wisdom of how to be an awesome podcast guest? So when you do your pitch, like you're more likely to, to be accepted. Mm-hmm. So I think the the frame or the mindset of the whole process. From- from research to pitch to there, the host is inviting you onto their stage. I think where a lot of people get it wrong is they make it very transactional. And it's like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Like, you should have me on your show because blah, 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 right? And it's important for someone to understand what value you're going to bring. But most people are just, are just in it to have this conversation and never do anything ever for that person again. They're not gonna share this show when it airs. They're not gonna, you know, promote it to their people. They were only there to grab what they could out of that audience and then move on to the next thing. And some people are very conscious of this and some people it's unconscious. It's not always malicious, but when you go in thinking about the long play, 
of, I'm gonna choose somebody that I would actually like to be friends with. And this is just the first conversation that we're gonna have of many on and off of podcasts. It changes the game because you're not just there to read your talking points and go on to the next one. You're genuinely forming a connection, a human connection with this other human who happens to have a podcast with listeners, right? And, and people can feel that. They can feel it in your pitch. They can feel it in your interview. They can feel it in what happens after that interview, right? And most people just, again, don't invest the time or energy to actually connect and create relationship with this conversation. And, and so it just, it just comes off as kind of skeezy. Yeah. Can you give some tips on how to create that more genuine um, sort of connection? Because honestly, that's something I can struggle with myself because I am a little bit socially challenged. I admit it. (laughs) I'm not the best at, you know, like figuring out what to say or just, you know, chit chat. I'm terrible at chit chat, by the way. It's like, I need to know what I'm talking about. I need to have a topic. And so oftentimes I think I can really struggle with coming across as being too transactional in the way that I approach and deal with people. I mean, that's not my intention at all. Uh, That's not where my heart is, but I struggle with my social skills a little bit in that way. So any Mm -hmm. tips on... Mm -hmm. How do you, it's like, it it is a professional relationship that you're developing. Um, So how do you do that and not have it just be, you know, transactional where it feels off? Yeah, it's such a good question. And um, thanks for asking that. And, you know, what I would say is like this, to your point, this is a very different skill set than being a host. Mm-hmm. It's a very different skill set than doing Facebook lives on your own or speaking on a virtual or a real stage or running a webinar or a training. Like it's totally different. So I think the first thing is like give yourself permission that this is a different skill. But just because you might be good at every single one of those other things doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna be good at this. Yeah. Um, And how do we get good at anything, right? I mean, you know this from podcasting, right? You did your first show, you just told me you did your first show solo, you learned a lot, you got some confidence, and then you were ready to do something different where you started bringing on guests, Yeah. right? And you've been doing this for several years. And so I think part of it is just going, this is going to be a growth edge for me. And I think for you, because I know your heart, like it's asking how, if, how would I treat this person if I wanted to make them my friend? Mm -hmm. Right. How, how would I treat this person if I wanted to make them my friend? What would I do? If I just had a great connection call with somebody or I came across somebody on social media or something and I was like, 
man, I really want to follow them or wow, I really look up to them. And like, you know, I, I would love to have them in my world. Mm -hmm. Right. And then just do that. And that's going to be different for everyone, but that really simplifies it. Right. Cause you can look at how do you, how do you take care of your, the people in your life, your friends, your clients, whoever. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Christine, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm thinking like maybe talking about tips for being a great guest. So as you had highlighted for us earlier, there is the before process, before you actually get to be on someone's show and get to be a guest. So we talked a little bit about how to be a great guest in that context, build a genuine relationship and make sure it's not uh, all transactional um, when you approach the person and and so forth what about being a great guest when you're on the show mm. any tips on what you can do when yeah. you're on the show i think my biggest tip is treat it like a conversation mm. instead of like you are being grilled you know so many people are so scared to be interviewed like oh what if they ask me a question that i don't have the answer to well what if they do you don't have to have an answer you could say i don't really know that's not my area of expertise right um you could sit there for a minute and think about it and see if, if anything comes to you right so i think a lot of it is yeah going in to create that connection through conversation and when you do that it's different than the way that most people show up as a guest mm. people are going to feel it the the host is going to feel it and respond differently which means that the audience will feel it and respond differently yeah that makes sense so like basically work on your own confidence, work on just feeling more comfortable yourself so that you can go into being that guest on that show with that energy. That makes a lot of sense. Yay. Cool. Uh, have you ever experienced, I mean, now that you are both on both sides of the equation, yeah. you have been an awesome guest on many shows and you are a host and you invite people on your shows, do you see any like challenges that, uh, main challenges that people run into um, in terms of being an awesome guest when they're mm. on the show? Yeah, so we talked about it a little bit, right? Like going in with these talking points, you feel like you need to shove across the thing. And what if we don't get to this thing that I wanna make sure? Like one of, I think the worst things that you that people can say, and I have, people have told me this and have been proud of it, is like, no matter what they ask me, I always find a way to talk about the same things. I'm like, people are gonna feel that. It's gonna sound like you're reading a script. This is not a speech. Mm. It's just not. And frankly, if someone connects to you on a podcast, they hear you on a podcast, they might search for other podcasts that you've been on and if they go to the second one and it sounds exactly the same as the first one, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, 
that's a very valid point because I, I know one of the things that I do is when I get to be a guest on someone's show is that I love to promote it among my people. And if every time I promote an episode <laughs> that I've been on someone else's show, and if I'm saying the same things, like, like why would I bother promoting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's just thinking about those, those, even those couple of things makes a really big difference. Yeah. You know, I, I do, I guess I'm trying to have a little bit of empathy for the people who have this attitude of just being like, you know, I talk about the same thing or talk about whatever I want, regardless of what I'm asked. It reminds me of, um, I'm part of this organization. Um, it's a survivor speaker bureau. It's a speaker's bureau for survivors of sexual assault, sexual abuse. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse myself. And so I'm part of this speaker's bureau. And I remember they were taking us through a media training. And this was actually something that they, they were teaching us uh, in that context that you have to be very, very careful anytime you're being interviewed on any kind of media because um, whoever is interviewing you has an agenda and they can, like, fortunately, when it comes to the issue of sexual assault, sexual abuse, there are certain taboos and there are certain comfortability levels in terms of what people are willing to hear and what they're not willing to hear. And, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, for example, if you're telling a sob story mm-hmm. that aligns with their preconceived notions and the myths that people have in their minds, about who a victim is, what a victim is like, etc. Then they're happy to broadcast you confirming that. But mm. if you say something different, if you do some myth busting mm. that they don't approve of, then you know you're likely to get edited mm. in some way that either like it just doesn't get aired or it's manipulated in a way where what you said doesn't you know the meaning of it changes Mm -hmm. um and and this was like a huge concern that they were like warning us about especially for um like tv um related media interviews but as i'm thinking about podcasting and being on podcasts i'm like that may be something you have to be aware of but that you could probably filter out in your Mm. research on whose shows you're going to and stuff. Most, I mean, why would you want to go on a show where you might be subjected to something like that? You know, and so I would just filter, (laughs) filter that out beforehand. And so then I don't have to have that as a a concern Mm. and I can just go in and, focus on being my authentic self and sharing my authentic message yeah yeah that's i love that that's so well said yeah Hmm. all right so cool cool all right so we have uh now got some 
awesome tips from you for how to be a great podcasting guest. Before you go on a podcast, some good ideas for when you're on a uh, on a show. Any tips for how to be a great podcast guest after you've done yeah. this? You actually already said it, so you get the credit here, but it's share it. Share mm. it with your people. Like, hosts get genuinely sad because by this point, they have put hours and either sweat equity into editing it and making the graphics and all of the things that go along with uploading it, etc., and or dollars, mm-hmm. like real dollars. Yeah. Maybe hundred or more dollars into creating this thing that is marketing you, right? And so when they put, and they also are spending their social capital right? by saying like, you should listen to this person. They're worth listening to. Yeah. And then when you, when they go to the trouble of saying like, here's some graphics or here's the link, I'd love for you to share it. And you don't, they know, they notice that relationship is not going to move further, most no. likely. And so again, it comes back to the transactional, not transactional. If you want to be the kind of guest that gets asked, we call it guest for life, that gets asked back, that becomes friends with that person, that becomes a re- like someone who gets referrals from that person, who becomes, you know, introduced to their podcasting friends. Like, think about what they want. What is in it for them that you can give them? What do they care about? They care about looking good to their audience and they care about growing their show. Yeah. Right? So they want, and when I say looking good, I mean like continuing to build trust. Right. Right. So that they can serve them. And also growing this show that they've put so much into so that they can help more people, reach more people with their message. So very, very simple. You know, I think that's my number one tip for after the interview is to share it and tag them everywhere that you're active. Yeah, yeah. And I know like for me, I have a huge variety of guests. By variety, I mean, that might not be the best word, but what I mean is that they're in different places in their business growth journey Mm -hmm. in the sense that some of them are newbies and so they don't have very many uh, maybe established followers uh, and so forth. But I still really appreciate them spreading the word to whatever extent that Mm -hmm. they can, you Mm -hmm. know? And in fact, like, I appreciate the the efforts of the people who are still, you know, relatively newbies more because, you know, for the people who already have like a following and they have systems set up to just, you know, do their marketing and stuff like that. It's like, okay, like in my case, um, I'll hand over, I'll be like, oh, I interviewed on this show here my virtual assistant mm-hmm. post mm-hmm. this link on all my social media mm-hmm. and we have like a process set up and it's like for me personally very little effort now it's my right. VA doing most of the work but for someone who's like 
doesn't have a VA to do that for them or whatever. They're like actually going to be spending time and effort to, um, you know, uh, post it, maybe send it out in emails or whatever, because they might not have as much of a social media presence or whatever. And so it's actually in some ways more effort that they're putting in. And I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. But, oh, I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it's been so much fun uh, chatting with you, Christine. And I'm like, oh, wish we could keep going for way longer, but we have to start wrapping up for today. Do you have any last um, shares that you would love to communicate right now? I think really just to inspire you of what's possible. I mean, this is the best way to attract clients with just one touch of any of the platforms that you can can have, right? They, I don't even know what the number is on social, 12 maybe times someone has to see something before they remember it. This is the complete opposite of that. And I know everybody has to do their work on their mindset around who would wanna listen to me, what, what I, what do I have to say? What if I sound stupid? Like the biggest thing is to just be willing to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. This is such a powerful tool for attracting, attracting clients, for creating real genuine connections, for not having to live your life on social media and still getting to grow your business. And yeah. so you know, it's, it's worth playing with. And I hope that inspires you. Oh, thank you for that. Christine. you just, every time you share something, it makes me think of more questions that I want to ask you. <laughs> so I actually did think of one more follow-up question. Uh, and then maybe we'll wrap up <laughs> unless you say something uh, again, extremely brilliant. <laughs> Um, but the thought that uh, question that popped in my mind right now was you just mentioned that in other kinds of formats, it takes way more touches, way more times that someone has to be exposed to you before, you know, you, you, they'll basically be willing to take the next step with you, whatever that is, but that's different with podcasting. Why is that? question so i want i would love to know for you and for everybody listening like be thinking about your answer what what else are you doing when you're listening to podcasts well a lot of times i'm driving mm -hmm. and that's it cool so this is maybe the only activity within online media this is the only online medium where it's legal to be driving and doing that that's true right and when you're driving at least for those of us who've been driving for longer than we haven't been driving um we're in it we're or we're commuting or whatever the thing is fam familiar routes highway drives like we're in a flow state mm -hmm. we're open and we wanna learn something. We wanna pass the time, yes. We wanna learn something while doing these automatic behaviors, right? Completely different intention than how most people use social media and the level of distraction and the 
shortness of attention span that exists on social media. You're not competing against, you know, casino like notifications popping up, bing, bang, boom, trying to get you to recheck for the dopamine hit, right? You're not competing against ads. You're not competing against someone's more brightly colored picture or sexier hook or whatever the thing is like you're not people are there listening because they are loyal listeners of that host right and the host like you are transferring the know like and trust that you've worked so hard to build with your audience to me by having me on and so your audience is sit up and pay more attention than they would to some other random stranger on the internet that they just saw an ad for or post of right yes so those are the reasons and also the length of time mm-hmm. 30 minutes an hour compared to mate a sec a second a second and a half if they're going to stop the scroll or not yeah there's just no comparison that's so true that's so true it's like um interesting that is so true because pre-covid i must admit I used to drive a lot more and I was driving on average two, two and a half hours a day. I live in Los Angeles, lots of traffic. Lots like of- a mile. <laughs> yeah. And so even if the podcast was like an hour long, I would still be listening. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if it got cut short, when I started driving again, I'd go back to that episode mm-hmm. to finish listening. Mm-hmm. Um, Nowadays, I'm driving much less and I'm enjoying that. Um, But now it's like I do more like 15, 20, 30 minute chunks of driving. Um, So I I, I think that sort of influenced me a little bit in terms of the, the episodes that I do now with my guests. I try to keep them around 30 minutes. Sometimes you go over because you're so brilliant. Um, but I try to keep it around 30 minutes because I've been biased by my own experience in the last couple of years where I'm like 30 minutes around that time I usually stop driving and so I'm like you know and then I actually have noticed in the stats that the the amount of listens tend to go down significantly after 30 minutes so I'm like Mm -hmm. okay we'll keep it to around 30 minutes yeah for sure yeah Cool. Okay. So talking about the wisdom of keeping close to about the 30 minute (laughs) mark for the episode, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up now. And I just want to thank you again so much, Christine, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And you're such an excellent guest. You're welcome to come back on my show anytime. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and have this conversation. Yeah, me too. And for all of you who are listening, please make sure you check our show notes because we will be adding Christine's links in there so you can connect with her if you are at all interested in the strategy of using podcast guesting as a way to grow your business. I think it's fabulous. So do check out the links in the show notes. And until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.